What is happening? Welcome to the Nick and Alex baseball show, which can also be described, I guess, as that ridiculous hour that involves baseball, I guess. I'm Nick Pollock, and I'm joined by the vindicated Alex Fast. How you doing? It Alex? feels pretty good. Been looking forward to this all week. You know, obviously saw the tweet that you sent out, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. you know that 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 was kind of nice. That was that you know kind of started to make me feel a little bit better. But um, I, I don't know. Do you really want to like dive into this right now about why I'm well, feeling well, so I mean, vindicated? We're, we're gonna we're gonna go into it a little bit. I like the girl dad shirt, by the way. Um, Thank you very looking, much. Wonderful. I uh, Zelda, from my understanding, is just wonderful and incredible. She and uh, fire recently she's been like yeah. cutest baby of the year awards so. oh wow wow right. fast okay all right but before we begin with everything uh we have a lot of stuff we want to talk about today you'll see all of it thank you so much for watching live right now on twitch.tv slash pictures or actually on twitter we're pushing this off to twitter right now but we'll see all the comments you post on twitch right here so make sure you go and do that um if you're listening later uh this week but go and rate and review us on iTunes. Uh, it goes a long way for us. Leave a review, all that stuff. Uh, we'll read them here on the podcast moving forward. And before we do anything fast, well, we got another picture this week. And I'm very curious yeah, yeah. if you know who this is. Um, this picture has a 7-5 record and eight, has pitched about 83 pitches, sorry, innings <laughs> this year. 3-8-1 ERA, 109 whip. 26% strikeout rate, 6.5% walk rate, about 30% CSW, has a fastball around 94 and a swing strike rate of 15%, good for 13th in the majors as starting mm-hmm. pitchers. Do you do you have an idea of who this is, Fast? Mm, this, I, I, I did a tough one today. Yeah, I'm trying to think about like high strikeout guys who yeah. have been getting hit hard a little bit. Mm. Uh, 94, yeah, 94. Yeah, hard contact was uh, 25.4%, good for 61st among all starting pitchers in the majors. And no no ground balls, so lots of balls in the air, it seems. Yeah, 159th in ground ball rate at 38% for this mystery pitcher. And so keep that in mind. We'll be revealing who that is at the end of the show. But this is a tough one. Yeah. This isn't, you know, obviously they've had a good year, but they're not, you know, they're not like a top 10 guy. Yeah. So uh, so we'll figure that one out. Um I have things I have to say, but I'm going to save that fast for uh, for your thing of the week. Mm. What is it for you? Um, my thing of the week. Uh, there's a lot of things that I could have gone with, but I, I, I've been thinking a lot about the All Star Game, and uh-huh. I I don't. I, I think we kind of hit on this a little bit a couple of weeks ago. I don't know if I care about it. <laughs> and I don't know. And I think it's a little bit boring. And I think that we've kind of gotten away from like, like, I think it's a nice thing what they've done with like our pool host and Miguel Cabrera. But I also kind of recognize the fact that like, that's not what we're really kind of trying to see right now. You know what I mean? We're trying to see the best of the best and them getting a spot. But other guys who we're going to talk about later and our biggest all-star snubs, not getting spots just kind of rubs me the wrong way. And it also just feels a little like bland. It feels a little boring. It feels ways that we could really spice it up that we haven't really done. Um, and also like is, 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 is being an all-star, I understand it's good, but like, is it, is it important? Is it important? Is it an oh, important thing? Yeah. You know I mean? Okay. So, so a couple things here. One, why you have to bring Kyle Bland, our director of research analytics into this. I don't know that he's catching strays and that's just not fair. He's wonderful. Um, second, I understand what you're talking about the, but when I was a kid, the, the all-star game was everything. 
Oh man, I loved the All-Star game. Seeing all these players, I think we have a certain perception of it now where we can access a lot more information. We can see the guys differently now. We can go on MLB.tv. We can actually watch that game uh, of the Angels on the on the West Coast, right? Mm-hmm. I couldn't when I was in the late 90s. You know, I my way of watching these star players that I knew of, watching Griffey or something, I couldn't just turn on the TV and watch Griffey. I had to catch that one random highlight on ESPN or something to see it. And this was a game where all of them were there. There they were. It was so exciting. I watched all of the home run derby. I remember Jay Buner cursing on the hot mic, you Mm. know, and and mentioning it to my, to my friend in summer camp. And I was like, Oh my God, he cursed. It was incredible. I never heard before. Um, And it it was such an exciting moment. Pedro Martinez striking out Sammy Sosa, Mark McGuire and making, Sosa's back break, you know, the, the whole thing. It was so much fun to see these battle of the Giants. And I am with you that it feels a little bit less right now. And I do wonder if it's so accessible that we're a little bit numb or callous to the effect that it has. But man, it's a fun thing. It it, it can spark a lot of great moments, a lot of, uh, you know, I, I think there's a lot of emphasis also on players surviving the season. And yeah. exerting themselves and injuries, and we feel like there's this unnecessary game where they could get hurt. And I don't know. It feels. I'm going to say that we think about that stuff, but that is a part of the whole factor. Instead, we just let the kids play. You know, we want this to be like a really fun sandlot kind of game, and I hope we can get that. I'm going to say it's the it's the second to of the four major ones. It's the I mean, second cares about, worst. Yeah. Okay. Most it's the second most boring all-star week. I mean, okay, Pro Bowl. That's the worst. Yeah, okay. All right. But even they have like a skills competition that they're starting to embrace a little bit. Yeah, we got to do that. I would love that. I would say if if the weekend is home run derby and all-star game, it's better than the NFL. That's the worst. I would say there's also the Futures game. Don't forget the Futures game is really fun. Don't forget the Futures game. Sorry, I'm just like every other person in America. Fast. Forgets the Futures game. Come on. Come on, fast. Yeah. That, that's so for everything that we do about baseball, you can't be the one that says, I hate the futures game. I don't hate the futures game. I'm saying nobody cares about the futures game. I went to it. Was, it was a lot of fun. As someone who has been to multiple All Star games now, they are practically begging oh, right. people to sit in the stands at that game. It's, it's almost like the celebrity softball game has a bigger attendance. It, it just feels like no one cares about it when they're oh, there. Oh, man. I I, I I went to that's the same day as the futures game and the celebrity softball game and the celebrity softball game. I you can't hear me roll my eyes, but you can't hear me roll my eyes. You know, and I'm not saying dunk. Uh, like I wish it was better. I wish people cared about it. Like that's one of the biggest problems. But like I mean, listen, we we both have common ground and like give us give us that fantastic KBO bunt competition where they're aiming. Yeah, I mean, the that's really eyes. fun. I would love a target practice one. Um, trying to throw from afar, that kind of thing. Uh, I would love to be like a curveball competition where you have to make a curve into something, like, you know, like putting through hoops and stuff like that. I I think it'd be do really a, fun. Do a fastball tic tac toe. That's like yeah. do a, do a fastball anything where it's like it's yeah, not right. even about the velocity. Like yeah, do, yeah. just do it. Anything. There's so many ways to spice the game up, it's right. just, and they don't do it. So I'm I'm, I'm bored of it. You think the, so you? the uh, uh, you think the all star game is bland? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I, I'm, I kind of, I understand. Homer Derby has been really fun to watch the past couple of years, and we'll talk Homer about that Derby's later. Great. Yeah, got, got no qualms there, but it's okay, also, no qualms. <laughs> no one wants to do it anymore. 
because of the curse. Uh, then there's P.O. Alonso who's just like, I'm just going to keep winning and make what, $100,000 or whatever it is, or a million or what? I don't know what a the million. price is. Um, I'll, I'll win a million bucks. Soto literally was like, I'm just going to try and I want to hit the farthest pulled home run. So he's out in the first round because he's not. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah, Pete Alonso, I will for, for his credit, like it's stamina, you know, to win that thing. It's like you got to it, 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 it takes a lot out of you doing those. Um, and your 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 arms and your whole body feel sore as like it slows down by the end. And Pete Alonso showing that he's got what it takes. But we'll talk about that uh, later on again. Sorry for the tease. Um I'm gonna. I, I got something for you. Fast. Shoot. Um. <clears throat> Here you go. I. I don't know if you can see that. <laughs> say you can spell win. You with can. Tillman? You can spell win with Tillman. All right. Uh, <clears throat> I got I did that just for you because here I sat a week ago. I sat right here, as you said. The most surprising team in the first half were the Baltimore Orioles, and I said, "Come on, you know." And I, I thought, really, honestly, it was, how can we be excited about mediocrity? Because by the definition, that is what the Orioles are. Absolutely middling to the point that they're just under a game about below 500. Sure. But here they go, as if they heard me, and you're welcome, as they go on an eight-game winning streak now. Mm. I mean, literally, they've won seven games since I've said, no, you're not allowed to be surprised by the Orioles. Okay. So you're welcome. And you know what? Now I am surprised. I am so surprised that they were able to have an eight-game winning streak. I'm so surprised that they're almost 500. And I, I just want to say I'm happy for you. All of Baltimore, enjoy your um, your moment out of the bottom of the barrel. You know, just mm. the mid-barrel, the torso of the barrel. It's a lovely place. And it gets more love than, than the feet. So congrats. I I take back all that I said. I was wrong. Adley Rutschman on a four war uh, pace for mm. a year, but 41 games and a 1.1 war right now. You'll love to see. It's exciting. Someone even suggested that Adley Rutschman is making that pitching staff better, which I don't know if I disagree with. You know, seeing his excitement as he runs out to, to hug Jorge Lopez for another win. It made my day. It made it. Good job, Adley. Uh, so I, so yeah, congrats fast. I'm happy you have this. I hope it lasts. And that, that's what I'll say. I, uh, were, there's a chance that we could be 500 tonight. And it's funny because it's like, as you said, it, well, first of all, I accept your apology. Um, <laughs> thank you. Uh, we got past this one, you know, <laughs> yeah, so, so worried. That's, that's been our biggest fight ever. <laughs> um, it's funny. And uh, there's a few things. One, obviously Baltimore, and Baltimore Orioles Twitter has been ablaze these past couple of days with all this excitement. And I have to say, I have, I've seen more encouraging comments and this, we're talking about Twitter here. I've seen yeah. more encouraging comments than I have negative. And it is funny because you're right. We're under 500 and yes, we're a, a game and a half, two games and a half out of the wild card, but we're under 500 and we're still celebrating. And no one has been like, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Everyone's been like, wow, good for you. I'm happy to see that the Orioles are doing well. It's great to see that organization succeed. Um, so that's been great. Not to put a dampener on all of this. I still think they should sell. I know. Uh, and I saw I saw your tweet about Trey Mancini. Yeah. Uh, and I, I mean, I, I talked about this before with the Yankees in 2015 or 16, rather, that they went on that selling escapade. Uh, sell escapade, of course. And they for as a Yankee fan, I wanted them to lose games in July. 
I, I knew that we weren't going to go on a World Series run. So I wanted us to actually make the investments for future years. And yeah, you know, they didn't win a World Series, but still had those, you know, had a much better team, um, 17, 18, 19, and so on, because of those deals they made. And I think if you are a Baltimore Orioles fan, you should want the same thing for your team too. And it, it seems weird to be like, oh, let's just so sell and invest in the future. But honestly, I mean, sure, Atlanta won the World Series last year. We didn't really think of them as a major contender. We saw the Cardinals win with an 83 uh, 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 win record. We saw the Royals win, of course, from the wild card, so on and so forth. Still, uh, I think if you are the Baltimore Orioles, you have to be rational that, yes, you do have more than a 1% playoff chance now. It's like, what, four or something? Maybe five? But that's still one out of 20. You're rolling a D20 hoping you get a nat 20. Otherwise, you fail the check. So... Uh, you should probably sell and be happy that you have something better for next year. Now, it's funny that you bring up next year and you bring up the future because <laughs> it looks like we're uh, about to have a really, really uh, exciting guest who's about to join us. So if you're going to talk about the draft, which is coming up next week, you, you should probably do it <clears throat> with with one of the best minds, really, in the business. Uh, a guy who's been working in baseball for decades now, both behind the scenes and front offices as well. He's been working for Fangraphs, for ESPN. You also may know him from the incredibly incredibly insightful book he released in 2020 with Eric Mongenhagen titled Future Value, The Battle for Baseball's Soul and How Teams Will Find the Next Superstar. I read a lot. I truly, no smoke, read a lot yes. of baseball books. And this one was fantastic because it gives you everything that you want. The behind the scenes, it, it's just a fantastic fantastic book you should pick it up here he is now the one the only the inimitable kylie mcdaniel <laughs> kylie what what's up man thanks for joining us yeah it's funny there's uh i, I think we lucked out eric and i having a book that's yellow uh because whenever passing's on we can see it behind him i can see it's actually you know it's over it's over, over there propping <laughs> up my computer i got some paperbacks underneath so yeah oh. and i was like they're everywhere behind me my wife's trying to get me to get rid of them <laughs> we i i seriously i mean i i have read a lot of books it's it is one of my like top three favorite baseball books it really just gives you such a fantastic perspective you really feel like you're kind of in the room making these decisions really getting a really unique glimpse into what is going into this absolutely crazy process it's been awesome watching you on espn beginning of the sunday night baseball you've been on a past couple times but what we what we kind of wanted to talk to you about today is a few things obviously the draft is coming up you've got such a fantastic and unique insight coming into it we were talking a little bit about the orioles so we should we should start there they have the number one pick and while logic would imply that they they take drew jones uh but aside from adley the orioles have often eschewed what the logical pick is right they played a little bit of the draft game when it came to the cap space do you see them uh going for someone else aside drew jones or are you thinking that they're going to do what they did with adley and take who is theoretically the best player on the board so the, the the relevant data points here would be Michael Elias ran the draft in Houston. Uh, they, I guess, very notably, I think, sort of started the trend of taking the cheapest guy that is top tier when, the way I've understood it, they they deemed the Byron Buxton, Albert Almora, Carlos Correa, that whole draft. They said, oh, this whole top tier guys are all kind of the same. Let's shop around. Who's got the lowest number? It turned out Correa weirdly was either going to go first or sixth or seventh. So he offered the biggest discount because that's what the market sort of dictated. Um, and so they took him. And I was told Max Fried was within a couple hundred K of being the cheapest or else he would have been the pick, which also would have been a pretty good pick, but not quite as good as Correa. Uh, and it was, I think, millions less than Buxton. And then those savings got Lance McCullers. So Correa mm-hmm. McCullers was the correct answer <laughs> to, to the question yeah. of the draft. 
Uh, and then with Baltimore, obviously, uh, Rutschman and then Bobby Witt, but it was pretty clear Rutschman was the best player, and they took him and paid him and sort of did what you're supposed to, play it straight. The two years since then, uh, took Heston Kerstad, uh, not the consensus best player for savings. Colton Kowser, uh, probably not the consensus best player, but picking fifth and took some savings there. And so that's sort of the backdrop of, uh, I think, trying to read his mind is if he thinks the players are the same, he'll take the savings. If he mm. thinks the players better, he'll take the better player. It's you know pretty simple that way. Uh, I would even say if it's close, he'll probably take the savings because uh, they have the biggest draft pool. So having that extra weight to push around later, he may think it's very close, but is it $2 million <clears throat> close? Maybe it's a million close. We can cut two. We'll cut two with the guy we think is close. And that extra mil- couple million down the board, that makes our second pick a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe certain guys that, you know, the, the example in this draft would be, uh, Kate Horton and Noah Schultz, Kate Horton, the right of Oklahoma, that was really good down the stretch. Noah Schultz, mm-hmm. high school lefty at Illinois. Those are the two guys whose numbers might be $4 million. Uh, and the reason sort of 4 million is an important number is not every team can afford that. And so if you're a team up top that cuts money, you may be uniquely able to afford those players and nobody else can. So you could, you know, move them down to the 11th round or wherever you need to put them. Whereas a player asking for $2 million, basically every team can make room for a player that wants $2 million. You can't move them sure. down the board. Everybody can pay that guy. And so that was what I had been writing about ESPN.com, which is uh, getting back to your question. <laughs> if they go for savings at the first pick, save a couple million dollars. All that does is then say instead of being able to spend all their money by the fourth pick, now they're oh. getting an extra fifth pick for $2 million. Everyone will have passed on that player four times. Is that player worth taking a lesser talent at one? That's the problem they have to – like they now have so much money, cutting money for the sake of cutting money, you need a $4 million guy to help solve that problem if you think oh. they are – uh, there's a gap between them. I think there's a gap between Drew Jones and Tamar Johnson. It sound, those are my top two. It sounds like that's Baltimore's top two. Uh, but for reference, I slotted them into the just updated top 100. I have Drew Jones 24th and Tamar 30th. Like, they're still mm-hmm. close. It's not that mm-hmm. far apart. And it sounds like the savings might be two to two and a half million if you take Tamar. And now I'm like, even I think Drew's the best guy. And I would think about it if that was the the you know the situation presented to me. And then also a chance at Kate Horton, which nobody else may have, like, then you're like, okay, this is pretty defensible. If they take a college guy, I do not think it's defensible. If they take one of those three high school guys, Jackson Holiday being the other one, I think it's totally defensible. Leave it to leave it to you, uh, leave it to baseball, I should say, rather, to make something as seemingly rudimentary as the draft the most complex. I know. It's driving me crazy. Like, I just want this to be, oh, cool. Who's the best player on the board? Okay, you go and take him. All right, who's the next one? Who's the best fit for what we believe the future will be? Like, no, 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 no. Honey, imagine going on, like, local radio in, like, you know, Cleveland or something, which is what I was just doing, and trying to explain that when they just sort of casually, like, hey, I'll be like... All right, clear out, oh, guys. No. Run an ISO explain what <laughs> like the various like calculus that I'm putting out here. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, he, was, he was not ready for that answer, but he, at the end, he was like, "That was really good." Like, if people could follow that, and I was just like, right. yeah, we're trading a picks, none of this would happen." But yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's so wild. Now, I mean, you know, so then you have situations, of course, uh, as I'm going to show the the draft order. Uh, for the first round to everybody watching on Twitch right now. Come on. Uh, you see, <laughs> you see uh, at 11, the Mets are getting a compensation pick for Kamar Rocker from last year. Uh, I guess I have two questions for you. Um, one, where do you think Rocker is going to go this year now? And two, is there someone that is tenuous in the same way of, hey, maybe you guys want to risk this one, but maybe you'll have a situation like Rocker where there could be some question marks about health? Yeah, sorry. I keep looking over here because I have my giant spreadsheet on my second monitor. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not forgetting anything. Uh, 
uh, yeah, uh, I think the what's going to happen at at one. That's one giant question. Uh, the top tier of players uh, is seen, you know, four to six, and so I think right around that pick seven to nine is where some wacky like Frank Mazzucato for way under slot might happen. To mm-hmm. me, that's second sort of question if we're going sequentially the third question will then be where does Kamar Rocker go which obviously he went 10th for uh, I think it was sixth overall money six million dollars last year he's now I think prospect status has diminished a bit for most teams now that he's 22 didn't pitch that much this year and had a shoulder surgery but it was a shoulder surgery where he returned and looked the same like seven months later so mm-hmm. obviously not as bad as some other ones so right what scott Boris like described as minor like obviously the results suggest it was minor but also he's 22 and had a shoulder and i think the suspicion last year is that it was shoulder and elbow issues we don't know if that's the case and they didn't do anything to the elbow and they didn't share imaging or mri so there's still a little bit of mystery but he's also mm-hmm. like well right now he looks like vanderbilt him in shorter stints so like, I think he was essentially undraftable because there was so much unknown, like, two months ago. We didn't know anything about the update medically from the Mets thing. Sure. He was on a mound. I had heard he'd been throwing bullpens. We didn't know anything. And so I think he was, you know, like a fourth or fifth rounder, wherever you would take a guy that you knew nothing about. Now, with all this new information, it's like, okay, well, how much uh, worse is he than he was last year? Well, he's been pitching a lot this year. I think most teams that would take him would throw him in the bullpen in double A and try to get him to the big leagues mm. and, and explore turning him into a starter the next year or, you know, stretching out or, you know, whatever that looks like uh, with the only hurdle being when they get the rest of the medical information, assuming that all looks fine for like the level at which they're, you know, bonus and all that kind of thing. That's the hurdle. And then I think him pitching in a double A bullpen and then going to the big leagues, I don't think anybody has any concerns about that. Yeah. So you're like, okay, the, Long-term outlook may be a little bit different because the shoulder and maybe elbow, whatever that ends up being. And right. it might be bullpen now, but then, you know, is it Chris Sale? Like it ends up becoming a starter and it's what it's supposed to be? Like that, you know, it's on the table. Is it just, you know, Jonathan Papelbon? It's always supposed to be a reliever. Maybe it might be that. Is Java Chamberlain? You think he's going to be really good? He's okay? Like there's all kinds of stuff that's on the table. And I think in terms of where he goes, it sounds like there's interest from 10 to 20 it sounds like teams are really thinking about it 20 to 30. I assume somebody takes them by about 35 or 40, but I really don't have a great sense. And talking to people around him and people in rooms that are talking about it and like teams that are like, Hey, we're going through the whole process. Like they don't know where he's going either. Like, I think it's one of those things that will really come together like Friday, Saturday into Sunday. Whereas a lot of other guys, I can tell you it's going to go here, here, or here. And he's not one of those guys. So, so what I'm hearing here is that he should not be drafted by Cleveland because he's got to avoid the midges and then his career will be over. So that, that's, that's what I see. As long as that happens, we're good with Kumar Rocker. It's Dr. Strange level. There's like 1.6 million different things. And there's one where the midges get him. We got <laughs> there, I, I am very excited for the Mets to take Kumar all over again. Uh, that is they would. Fantastic. That would be like the most Mets would, thing to do. It would be just a, <laughs> a wonderful, wonderful alternate reality that we'd be living in. Um, I'm going to ask you what I think is probably the most difficult question you've had about the draft so far this year. I don't think anyone's asked you, and I've got a follow-up to it as well, but this is, I think, the most difficult question you're going to have about the draft all year. Will the Angels take a hitter? So I've actually been asking a lot of people about this. Uh, <laughs> oh my God. Because everyone's interested in this topic, and when you talk to you know someone close to the Angels or a team that's picking in that range, you're like, what are the Angels doing? Like, <laughs> Are they going to do it again? 
Yeah. Um, so the current sort of buzz is so like there's been waves of buzz, which to me means they're leaking stuff and they want stuff to get out there when there's waves of buzz because like you're not mm-hmm. supposed to have any buzz. If there's right. like one level of buzz, it ends up being right. You're like, oh, people figured it out. But like when there's waves of buzz, it's like, oh, they're they're messing with us. So the first buzz was they're taking a college pitcher, and you're like, oh, of course they are. And then it was actually no. Now they're taking a hitter. Like they're there's like college hitters is what is like most available at their pick. So like that that would be them taking what is being given to them. And now the buzz is they're actually they want to take a uh, they want to mix in a hitter or two. I've been told specifically they want to take a couple hitters this year. They'll mix in a couple college hitters. They largely want to take college pitching, and with their first pick, they like the high school pitching class. They want to take a high school pitcher with the first pick. And I there's a chance they may take the first pitcher off the board, uh, high school or college. Um, so I think I think once you again getting to that like seven through ten area where I think some screwy stuff may happen. I think that's where you'll see the first pitcher come off because I think teams that are like, we'd like seven players. They went one through seven. We're picking eight. We don't like what we're looking at going under slot and taking the top pitcher on your board. Like seems like a pretty good option. Like, Hey, we got the, the first pitcher and we think he'll go, you know, straight to high A or something. You know, he'll be close. We'll give him his pitching depth. We can trade him like all these sorts of options. Whereas, you know, taking a high school hitter, it's like, he's not even going to low A until next year. Like, it's just, you know, it's the ninth hitter off the board, that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, to answer your question, sorry, I got, I got off track there. Uh, they're gonna take a lot more pitch. I would guess with twenty, or I guess they have a couple fewer picks. But let's say that eighteen picks. I think I would mm-hmm. the over under is sixteen and a half pitchers. Oh my god! Get out of here! <laughs> I, or maybe fifteen and a half. I would I would bet on like two or three position players. Oh my that god! Is, I I can't wait to read the articles in seven years when none of them pan out. Yeah, um, right. Uh, now, now on that really decent on the guys they took this past year. Okay. Like the first two guys have been fine. I didn't love Bachman, but for what he was, quick movie, he's in double A already. Kai Bush, the second one, pretty good. Self Seth, however you say that, already in the big leagues. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of other, like I liked Brett Carey out of South Carolina. I thought he was underrated, didn't understand where he was going later. He has good numbers. A couple of the other guys have like good numbers at you know appropriate levels. So I'm like, all right, they might just think they have good pitching development and they just want to take pitchers and they're like, you know, kind of waiting to see how the hitting development is. They'll because like if we're if we're trying to be realistic. If you're good at one thing and not good at another, let's say pitching and hitting are the two things. You're good at pitching. You're not good at developing hitting. Just take a bunch of pitchers and trade them for hitters. Like, don't try to complicate it and be good at everything. So, like, them having a point of view, I want to, I want to like, be defensive of because I think that's what they're supposed to be doing. It's just kind of funny that it was 20 pitchers in a row because, like, that makes it seem like they don't have a point of view. They're just taking pitchers. I mean, like, <laughs> you know, the Guardians do it. It's like, oh, you know, they've got a real point of view. they got a thing. It's like, oh, they just have, like, 17 pitchers. It's not that much better. Right, right. <laughs> Oh, so I guess the last question I have is, um, you were just talking about, hey, this guy's undervalued. I thought he was doing really well and he went really late in this. Is there someone that you think that everyone should be paying more attention to right now? Yeah, so last year my guy was Tyler Black, second baseman out of Wright State. I thought he had, I won't bore you all the details, but he had like three or four indicators of he's going to be underrated and he's going to develop well. He's going to, uh, you know, wait, wait, bore us. Bore us with the details. Yes, yeah, Scott, podcast. please. This all is right. Cleveland radio. Bore us I'll, with the details. <laughs> so he didn't have the cape. Uh, and he's mid-major right state. He didn't have the cape, so he didn't have that narrative where he could have a huge cape start in the comp round and then work his way no up. No cape. Uh, 20 on draft day, Canadian, hockey player, great contact and pitch selection all three years at right state. Uh, I had watched him, and his swing is one of those where like he hits the ball, but it's all like line drives and ground balls the other way. But then in BP, he pulls home runs. I'm like, oh, it's just an adjustment in-game to get to that in-games. And if you go, I think those are the six things. So yeah, six things. Most guys don't have six <laughs> things. He's also like an average runner to play second base. So there's some defensive value too. So I was like, all right, this guy, if he had like the full runway, played in the SEC, all that kind of stuff, 
he'd go where Justin Foskey went. All those guys went like 10 to 15. So I ranked him like 14th on my board. I think he went like 30th. And go look up his numbers, look up a couple videos. His swing finish is still a little awkward, and it's not the prettiest thing in the world, but he's in like high A, and he's like hitting the ball. Um, and so if they redid the draft, he probably would go about 15. So I felt really good about that one. And I thought it was a one-off. Like, those are some things I specifically like. There's not a guy like that this year. Um, and then I realized the guys I like this year, also smaller, also generally left-handed, also generally college hitters. Uh, so I was like, all right, maybe I just have a type now that I am <laughs> going for like the, the, the little grinder guy that doesn't win the workout, but is the best player. Uh, and so if you've been following college baseball, that's Drew Gilbert at Tennessee. Uh, I've got him ranked 11th. I don't think there's any chance he goes in the top 15. I think it's ridiculous. Uh, the other two guys that are so similar to him that I felt like I had to also move them up is Zach Neto, shortstop out of Campbell, and Jet Williams, J-E-T-T, Jet Williams. Mm. Uh, high school shortstop. That's a name. That's a it's name. Good. I'll, I, I can't do anything with it right now. I have a tweet. Uh, there's a tweet thread of like 60 videos I put up this year. Like as I saw a guy and liked him, I put a video up. His video is notable because he is 5'8 and lifts every ball in batting practice, lifted every ball in the game, and during pregame was wearing cutoffs and pit viper glasses and a mohawk, and he looks like Kenny Powell. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. And Jet is his name. Oh my god! Oh, yes. that's so he good. He needs to go to New York. I'm like, this guy should play at Mississippi State because, like, he's got the right vibe. And so <laughs> we, I've just been emailing with all the producers about our breakdown packages. So, like, when someone gets picked, this is the 30, 45 seconds that goes up when they get picked. And I said, I don't know how we need to do this, but we need to get to that sleeveless shirt part. <laughs> <laughs> 12, 13, let's get to the like borderline shirtless BP and then the borderline shirtless ground balls. Cause this is what the people need. Cause like, I, you know, it's the 14th pick. It's a high school player. He's five, eight people are losing focus. My parents aren't looking. They're going to the bathroom. I was like, give him jet. Jet will bring him back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I'll start doing wind horse. I'll do long pauses. I'll do a Stephen a, um, and then, yeah. And then the other two guys, uh, Drew Gilbert, uh, is essentially like a clone of like Adam Eaton or Brett Gardner. Mm. heart and soul of Tennessee uh, got better at essentially everything at the plate this year, but he's a little dude. Uh, Zach Neto, again, go on Twitter, look up his swing. It, it looks like a hilarious beer league softball swing. And he had like above average contact rates in college and on the Cape and he plays shortstop and he's a plus runner with a plus arm throws 95 on the mounds. Uh, and he's just a late bloomer out of South Florida that went to Campbell and Campbell has, uh, I think they're going to have like five straight years of a guy going in the top two rounds. They just get dudes. Oh, there. wow. And so all three of those oh, – oh, and then the last thing about Zach Neto with the funny swing, he's like probably 5'10", 170. So it's like <laughs> – yeah, imagine Dustin Pedroia with – yeah, with like the swing of a beer league guy. And he, and he like – amazing. And you're like – and he's a plus runner. And I'm just like, holy cow. Like this the, – the short version of this, the reason I've landed on this is if somebody can, for me, can get on the top half of my draft board and oh, has yeah. almost none of the characteristics that I am I have been taught to look for – I think of it like natural selection. I'm supposed to be looking for a six, four shortstop that looks like Bobby Wood Jr. or Carlos Correa. None of the, those three guys look anything like that at all. They look like mm. the bat boy and they're in the mix to be like 11th or 12th on my board. To me, that means they are more fit natural selection wise to make adjustments, surprise me, do stuff. I can't imagine beat my expectations. And then the guy that is exactly what I'm looking for is probably partly up there because he looks like exactly what I'm looking for. Not sure. because he is those things. So I've taken like a 30,000 foot view on the draft process of just like, there's two or three things college position player needs to be good at. Is he good at them? Yeah. All right. Well then let's not like complicate it and like try to get like lost in the sauce looking at exit velos and all that kind of stuff. Like mm. let's take a step back because I don't want to look back on this class and be like, why did I miss the guy that was so obviously the best player on the best team in the country? 
which is what Drew Gilbert is. So that's yeah. an extremely long-winded answer of who to be excited about the draft. <laughs> we, oh, I we can't wait. It was great. Yeah, that's exactly what we were looking to hear, Kylie. We, 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 I referred to you as inimitable for a reason, peerless as well. It has been so kind of you to hop on our little podcast here so last minute and be able to break down this draft for us. Thank you so much for your time. Tell us before you head off where we can find you on draft day and where we should be tuning in. Yes. Uh, so draft day, 7 o'clock Eastern, ESPN uh, for the first round. Second round, I think, is going to be digital only. I'm not positive on that, but it's something like that. Uh, and it'll be, you know, me, Jeff Passan, Eduardo Perez, uh, uh, Carl Ravage, Kyle Peterson, Chris Burke, Jess Mendoza. Uh, we're all we're all up there. I've been working on these breakdown packages. I've got video comparing 16-year-old Fernando Tatis Jr. with video I took of him with 16-year-old Drew Jones. We're going very deep, uh, but also we're getting you all the Jet Williams stuff you need. And ESPN.com <laughs> slash MLB for all my latest mock drafts, rankings, uh, team profiles, all that stuff. And then, of course, uh, future value. Future value. <laughs> Gotta get it. Gotta get yeah. it. Thank you so much for being here, Kylie. Yeah, thanks for having me. I don't know if this works for like the non-video podcast, but I think people get that I'm holding a book right now. <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely do. Uh, best of luck on draft day, man. Yeah, yep, man. Thank Take you, care. guys. Yep. Ah, uh, that was great. Uh, oh, that was so good. Oh my god, what a That's guy! Awesome. He's incredible. He's the man. Oh, He's absolutely yes. the man. Yeah, he just kind of was like, "All right, yeah, let's just jump on this podcast. Let's talk about all the things." I mean, I didn't know any of those guys. Uh, you know me. I'm like, I struggle to keep up with the minors, let alone uh, high school and college guys. So uh, I can't wait for Jet. You know, Benny the Jet. The uh, I want to be a New York Jet because I just want people to shout J E T. Uh, jet, 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 as much as possible. Jet, jet, jet. Yeah, you got, you got the extra T, of course. I'm sorry. But uh, before we continue with the rest of this podcast, we got to take a quick break. And we're back. What a break that was. Huh? I had such a good break. Uh, and speaking of breaks, well, we got the All-Star break coming up with some All-Star discussion. And who better fast to join us for such a discussion of just a celebration of the league then crazy crap. <laughs> no, you did not. Are you serious? This was How sent in by a viewer. That? This was a viewer sent this to me fast. Isn't this the most amazing thing ever? <laughs> I'm holding everyone listening an action figure of crazy crab right now. And oh I, I don't even want to take it out of the packaging. No, it's, it's just never. so perfect. <laughs> Isn't this incredible fast? Look at this. this. Is, it it looks even nicer than it did in the photo, you know, which is very much the reverse of a normal action figure. This is the nice looking version. <laughs> that is that is like unbelievable. Like, I don't know who if you're listening, the person who sent that in, you have made our nights. Even you really have that, that is that is absolutely <laughs> unbelievable to see. That is so fantastic. Thank you. So yeah. that. That's amazing. That's like a, that's a I couldn't believe it fast. I, I I legitimately could not believe what I was holding in my hand. It made me that's so amazing. happy. And it still that does. And it will always live right there. Right there. Crazy Crab is with us. Oh, my God. Crazy <laughs> so Crab. I just got to get Kyle Farnsworth now back here, too. Uh, <laughs> but uh, all right. Let's, let's go to the All-Star break. Um, fast. Who do you think was the biggest All-Star snub? I think there was a. Gr- I, I, I was trying to find the tweet that brought this up, and I, I apologize to the person who tweeted it. I can't remember, and I can't find it right now, so I apologize. 
Someone uh, did a really wonderful graph comparing Nestor Cortez, all-star, Paul Blackburn, all-star, and Dylan Cease, non-all-star. And the numbers are absolutely insane. I mean, Dylan Cease beat both of those pitchers in virtually every single category. And there are plenty, uh, like... Fine. I can understand the argument that Nestor Cortez, based on his first half, should be an all-star. Um, uh, Paul Blackburn, maybe you can make the case. I think we might be getting burned a little bit by the fact that every team is required to have at least one well, Why is it there. not Frankie Montas? I couldn't find out why it wasn't Frankie Montas. Maybe it was because of the injury? No, but then they is still, they still yeah, get him. I don't, that, that's still... what blows my mind the most about the whole Paul Blackburn thing. Mm. That, it's just, that should be Frankie Montas. I'm, I'm sure I'm missing something. But no, Paul Blackburn, I mean, it was fine. It was good. 336 ERA, I believe, and like a 120 whip. But like, really? I, I, this, might, this might be the, the fantastic Sarah Langs who might need to be put on this. But I would love to know the list of pitchers over 80 innings or over 70 innings, whatever mm-hmm. the threshold is, who have had a 2.45 or a sub 2.5 ERA yeah. and not been an all-star. Because I mm-hmm. guarantee you that list is one hand. It's very small. Uh, well, it's funny that you're saying exactly that because my biggest snub has a 2.46 ERA and a 105 WHIP and a 27% K rate across 95 innings in the National League. And that's Zach Wheeler. Mm. And I understand that Zach Wheeler had a slow start. You know, his first three outings, 12 earned runs. Uh, pretty insane what he's been doing since. If you want to talk about runs with, say, Nestor Cortez, uh, I mean, 153 ERA, 0.96 WHIP. 29% K rate across his last 82 innings. Absolute absurd absurdity from Zach Wheeler. He is an absolute stud. He should be arguably, you know, after Shane McClanahan, right, inside the All-Star game. And he snubbed and not even initially. Now Carlos Rodon goes above him, which is also was good, but it's not Zach Wheeler to me. Um, absolutely shocking uh, for, for me. I mean, he's fifth on my list. For a reason, it's not because I think he's going to be better. He is an absolute mm. ace. Uh, that, that's my biggest snub. I think Dylan Cease was off of it because of the, I believe it's a 123 whip right now, something sure. like that. As a lot of base runners, but I mean, he still deserves it. Uh, I, it, it's yeah. I mean, it's always like this every year. There are always a couple guys. It's oh, just he didn't have enough spots. The chat is going, you know, saying Carlos Rodon technically. He is an all-star. I mean, he, he he is going to be in the all-star game. He was listed as a replacement today. Definitely agree that he, he is another good name to mention as someone who should have just been in outright. Uh, a, another really good one there. Um, all right, Nick. Uh, we were, oh, I didn't even see this one. Um, yeah, I know you this, didn't. This home run derby. Home yeah. run derby. Obviously, This home run derby that I hinted at to all the listeners that we were going to talk about. Yeah. yeah, you still were like, oh, yeah, we're totally going to. Oh, I didn't see where we're going to talk about it. Who's going to win it fast? And I have my pick. And that's yeah. Kyle Schwarber. He made it to the finals in 2018 as 28 home runs this year. And most importantly to me, he's going through his hot streak now. He has been on fire and going straight into the all-star break with this. Home run derby's on Monday, so it's pretty much no gap for him. I think Schwarber's got something to prove here. He made it to the finals before. Pete Alonso was like, I'm Pete Alonso. I'm going to win it all. I'm here. I'm spinning the, the necklace. I'm Pete Alonso. You know, he's done for two years. He's got to get be put in his place. And Kyle Schwarber's like, today's today's my day. He's going to do it right. Uh, so we have, what, five contestants so far, right? Yes. We got Acuna, uh, Soto, 
Um, I believe Otani's in it again, and Alonso. Maybe not Otani. No Otani. No Otani. I don't remember who the fifth is. Alonso, Schwarber, and Pujols. Oh, Pujols is in it too. I mean, I know who you're going to pick. Well, I would like to. I'm going to do it. Well, no, I I can guarantee you it's going to be Alonso again. Um, (laughs) I I I feel like I I would put a good sum of money that Alonso is going to win it again. I think he's going to be the only one who genuinely. Okay, so how about this? How about this? Can we do a uh, some sort of wager that I say not Alonso and you say Alonso? Um, before we do it, I'd like are to know who the three this? contestants are. Because well, you're saying that is okay. You're saying of the current ones, it's so obviously Alonso. Of the current ones, I mean, like if if I, we need a Dodger representative, right? Do we? So, oh, yeah, for I mean, LA, for the Dodgers. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I don't know if that's if it's. I don't. I doubt it would be Freeman. Will Smith would be very interesting. Um. I don't I don't know if Bellinger would be interested mm. in doing that. Um, you know, I doubt Betts or Turner would do it. Chris Maybe. Taylor. <laughs> I know because he's injured, right? Oh, is he? Oh, um, I think so. Uh, yeah, he's he just got put on the he got put on the 10 day IL with a fractured foot. Um, oh, that's right. So oh. I don't I don't know. I would be curious. Um, uh oh that's interesting chat is saying freeman and smith said they would do it if they were all stars uh mm. if freeman did it he might be able to give uh, give alonzo a run for his money i just uh, alonzo seems like he's so 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 incredibly competitive and all the other guys are like I right don't care. i will say so, this yeah uh, acuna and um uh who's the other one acuna Soto. and no there's another one who's on my current fantasy team oh alonzo duh i don't <laughs> What is this segment, Fest? I don't. What is this? I hope they get out. Is this how I sound often to you? Is this it? Sorry, am I experiencing it? I'm sorry. I'm like fully like Kristen gave me this bad cold. I'm like dying over here. Uh, I'm just a mess. I'm just like a pure mess. Also, we're 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 three outs away from the Orioles being 500. So like I'm just a mess right now. Uh huh. So Uh, you have a point. Yeah. The, the, uh, you guys Alonso, I know. Yeah, but my point yeah. was I hope they don't do well because I don't want them getting hurt and ruining my fantasy team. I see. All right, so we're going to do some sort of wager <clears throat> and for next week. And I think what's a good one is we say the other person's team is the best team in baseball next week. Um, if Alonso... No, 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 I did not. I said that congrats on your mediocrity. Um, so, you know, next week... If Alonso wins home run derby, I will say that the Orioles are better than the Yankees. <laughs> and 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 then if Alonso loses, you will say with without a um tongue in cheek, without any tone to your voice suggesting otherwise, uh-huh. that the Yankees are so obviously the better team than Baltimore. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, I know because I mean we we all know the absolute truth. Yeah, For me, it's yeah. like yeah, yeah. But yeah, I want no I want you to worship. I want to worship of the Yankees. No, that won't happen. That won't happen. No. No, I but I mean, <laughs> my my aunt got a gift for Zelda that's Red Sox socks, and I said I don't want that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got that in a Secret Santa once. Someone just sent me Red Sox. I was like, "Is this the whole gift?" I was like, "Oh no, okay." But they were just joking because they saw I was a Yankee fan. And I thought that was pretty cute. Anyway, we're going to go on to our next segment, uh, which is the pitch of the week. And I have a, I I think I have an interesting one here um, that 
is going a little bit under the radar because this pitcher hasn't really performed that well. Just actually left his last start with a blister, and that's Daniel Lynch, someone that you interviewed Ooh. back in the day. And uh, his slider, you might might not believe this, his slider has a 20% swing strike rate this year, 45% O-swing, 45% zone rate, a 71% strike rate, and about a 200 batting average allowed across 33% usage. In fact, he had 12 of 33 whiffs against the Athletics just a few starts ago, allowed him to have 10 strikeouts in just five innings. I, I love this pitch, and I think... When we, we imagine Daniel Lynch on this uh, Royals squad, we think, oh, he's someone who really doesn't have it. He's not mm-hmm. there. You know, sure, he can maybe have these moments, but that's it. This pitch has been consistently excellent for him. It's just about the other tools around it. And it's important for us to know those really good pitches because it does then open the door for excellence if he does get the other tools in place. So I, I'm excited by Daniel Lynch's slider this year. I would be if he was on any other team. Yeah, um, I know. I think my pitch of the uh, of the week <clears throat> is actually going to be uh, a secondary pitch in uh, this gentleman's arsenal, uh, a pitch that we don't focus on as much considering how fantastic his primary pitch is, and that's Spencer Strider's slider. Oh, um, okay. It, why? What's wrong? <laughs> I'm, I'm just messing around with it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Because obviously the fastball is the pitch that gets the most yeah. um, press, you know, of course, coming in at 100 miles an hour, the fastest thrown right. strike so far until Jordan Hicks like broke it, whatever, a couple of days ago. Although, no, that was in relief. Um, his his uh, slider so far this month has been fantastic. He's thrown 60. It has a 35% swinging strike rate on it so mm. far this month with a 50% CSW on the month. Uh, he, he's been throwing it uh, very well for strikes. Clearly, he's got a 15% called strike rate on the pitch, so it's not just a, a pitch that he's going to be able to use to get whips. If he's going to be effective with that two-pitch arsenal, he's going to need the secondary pitch to be as effective as it's being, and it is being super effective right now with a near 40% put-away rate in the month of July. Uh, um, so yeah, I, 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 that's my pitch of the month. I really dig what he's doing with that slider. Spencer Strider has the seventh best hard contact allowed in the majors among all starting pitchers as his slider, I believe is the best at 8.5% league average on sliders, by the way, is 23% hard contact allowed. And his is just 8.6%. Now what's that's funny too is insane. He actually did not do well tonight at all. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I mean, he did okay. He had a twenty-five percent CSW, but he only got three whiffs in the slider. I think he ended up. Oh wow! He didn't. He didn't even get out of the fifth. He went four and two thirds, and he gave up three earned runs. He still got eight Ks. He strikeouts in four point two innings, though, which is pretty insane when you think about. It. It's just eleven <laughs> outs. He had eleven outs, and eight of them were way of the K. Mm. Uh, but he had one hundred three pitches. Seems like just from quickly looking at this against the Mets. Uh, that Strider's strike rate was probably lower than you'd want it to be, but we'll find out later. Read the SB Roundup, of course. I'll tell you what to think. Uh, but I like that pick. And facets, guess what? It's my favorite segment of the show. Yes, you know it. It is Wild Thoughts. Oh, no. <laughs> Your excitement every time is what uh, really just gets it going. You never, you never want wild thoughts, do you? I, I have no, I have no more. I have no more. Oh, come I, on, you know, I don't. I none. <laughs> that, that's it. I got, I got none. I got. None. I thought, even thought about it today. I got no more wild thoughts. You have no more wild thoughts. Oh, okay, fine. All right. I wild thought for me today. Hey, what's up? I've always dreamed 
I always thought it'd be very interesting if there was a way that uh, I'm not even saying like this is a rule change. Right? This is just, this is legitimately just a wild thought. Let's say it's like three two bases loaded. You know the outcome of this pitch, regardless, like changes the game. Right? If it's a wild pitch, it doesn't matter. It's ball four or something like that. When the pitch is thrown, that I know that it's not allowed. The catcher has to stay in the box. But I've always just imagined what if like the first baseman came in and was in catcher's gear and just like stood like right in front, like timed it so that when the ball came past him, he stood in the way so that even if contact were made, it would just hit into the dude, you know, like he would just essentially body the ball and prevent it from going far. Do you know what I mean? No, no, not quite. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine a guy like in goalie gear, like essentially Timing when the fastball goes by so that he goes in front of like the plate. So when okay. the guy swings, he's the ball hits into like a wall, essentially. Nick. I know. It's called wild thoughts for a reason, fast. Nick, we're 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 going deep. We're, 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 we're <laughs> well, going. I've thought about this. I've thought about this since like I was six. Okay. I'm like, why doesn't the catcher in all of his gear just like go out in front of home plate? Be like, I'm gonna catch the ball right away. Oh, you know, I then see. like and like, no, you have to stay inside the, the catcher's box, essentially, until the pitch is either made contact with or the, you know, goes past. But the you're, plate. you're suggesting that he should just get hit with a bat. I'm saying, saying no, no, I'm saying like one of the other fielders is like dressed like a hockey goalie. And then like they make a wall <laughs> around the delivery of the like right in in front of the plate so that the ball hits the player instead of like going over the wall or something like that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna reel us back in a little bit. It's, like, <laughs> it's it's not a it's not a wild thought per se, but it's it's because uh, it, it, um, just my feeble brain has a, a very difficult time distinguishing wild thoughts and um, uh, our thing of the week, and that's on me. That's my fault. Um, but I'm saying what we should do is the bonus ball that you get in home run derby, right? You uh-huh. know how you have like a little bonus round? Should yeah. all be with metal bats. Okay, see? That's cool. That's cool with that me. I mean, awesome. it's, it's not, yeah, yeah, it's not as wild. I think we got the different extremes of wild thoughts today. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you know? Yeah, yeah. I'm, okay. I'm here for this, the, the okay. zany uncle with like glasses that spin like they're hypnotizing you. You know, fast is just like what? How can I trouble you, son? Like, what yeah, do you mean? Exactly. Like closing his book. Oh, fine. I was um, just gonna say that. Must I put uh, my book down? Yeah. <laughs> Give him a metal bat. Sure. Yeah. 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 Exactly. <laughs> uh, what if they use like the plastic ones with the giant barrel? Oh, okay, great. So there we go. Yes. Yeah. There's uh, a little bit more kookiness, uh, huh? You gotta stir the go. pot. The swing off has to be with those Fisher Price plastic bats. Right. And you get like the the rubber cement balls or whatever, you know? You would blast a hole in it. There would be no way that that bat would explode. No, that's what I'm saying. You can't use a baseball. You got to use like the, the, we used to call them suicide balls, but that was the game of like, uh, you throw it against the wall. I don't know if you know that. I realize now in retrospect that, wow, we called it that. Okay. I don't want to call it that anymore. Um, Uh, But anyway, cool. That was Wild Thoughts. Ta-da. We're moving on. We have some fun images of the week. And Fast, why don't you just show yours first here? Uh, what, uh, what are we going to be looking at here? 
So this happened earlier on today, Tuesday, where Tony Larusa pulled out more of his magic. How he still has a job, I do not know. Where <laughs> he decided after uh, Jose Ramirez fouled off a uh, a first pitch that he was just going to walk him. He was just going to give him a free base. Um, and what kind of uh, cracks me up about this? What do you think made this image so funny to me? The reaction. I mean, like, look at everybody just going, what? It wasn't the reaction, but it's close to the reaction. It's a sign behind the reaction that indicates what everyone's thinking. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's everyone perfect. Going, everyone going, hmm. Oh, okay. and it, it, they're blocking out the letters. It looks like it's ohm well, or something the letter, like that. I don't no, know. The letters, you mean, are, yeah. the letters are um, which is even better, but I couldn't yeah, get a right, photo with yeah. the UHM. But like, <laughs> it just kind of cracked me up that everyone was like, um... Okay. Okay. Yep. So again, he is behind in the count. No, still. Okay. Oh, all right. That's fine. We'll walk him. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, it's it's one of those cases where Larusa, I don't think, understood the situation and that pitch happened. And go. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. Get him on first. Like, but no. Wait. But it's a one now. It's a mm. one. You know, he was just too slow on it. And all right. Whatever. Um, a good choice. Fast. Mine. I love this. Mm. Uh, look at everyone here. Uh, we've got we've got Rodon a, a foot up in the air. We see his hardest pitched ball of the entire night in 99.1 miles per hour. It's 99. We see the batter losing his helmet and just a, a, a perfect showcase of what the Padres just went through for nine innings. And what we're looking at is Carlos Rodon throwing the final pitch of his complete game against the, the Padres in which he struck out 12 batters and he threw his hardest pitch of the night with this final pitch here, uh, 99.1 miles per hour. I just love this. Look at this emotion. It I is mean, great. this is a jump of pride and success. Uh, this is what power looks like, children. Yeah, it was. Is it that. is really impressive. Some say he never came back down. Never came back down. Absolutely not. Oh, man, we're running out of time. Oh, my oh, Lord. We're, we're, we're at... We're at my arguably my favorite segment of the week, which is oh. who is going to to win the World Series. And for those who might be listening for the first time, the way that we do it is we can only say one team once. Uh, it's always a little bit tongue in cheek. It's more about who has been having success this past week. Um, the teams that we've done so far, the Marlins, the Orioles. So we can't say them with their win streak. The Brewers, the Mets, the Guardians, the Braves, the Mariners, another team we burned. We can't say their win streak. And I went with Houston last week. So, Nick, it's your turn. Which team is going to win the World Series? I mean, I, I think I need to do this because you're going to steal them from me. And it's not fair. So it's about dang time we said that the Yankees are going to win the World Series. Sure. You know, I mean, let's, let's just not be around the bush anymore, right? Yeah, yeah. They have uh, the second highest, uh, well, the third highest chance on Ross um, fan graphs uh, to win the World Series right now, 13.6% behind uh, the Dodgers and the uh, the Astros. Uh, they have the most wins in the, in the majors. They have a 71% winning percentage with 61 wins, uh, which is absolutely insane. Uh, their pitching war is second only to Atlanta for the starters. And as far as the relievers go, they're also insane. Uh, 4.5 to 4.7 with Atlanta. Uh, they're obviously their hitting is incredible. Um, yeah, they're really good and they have everything you need. They also even fix their one issue that everyone always talks about. It's like, oh man, their closer isn't doing well. Oh no, Raldis Chapman. Okay, here's Clay Holmes, otherwise known as the Adobe because it's Clay Holmes. Yes. And it's they're just so good. They've run away with what we call the toughest division in the majors 
yet they have a 100% chance to make the playoffs right now um, where there are 16 games up on the Blue Jays who are going to win the wild card. 16 games. Oh my. That is is absolutely crazy. Uh, So yeah, the Yankees are going to win the World Series fast. It's pretty obvious. I, I, it's tough to it's tough to argue. It's really tough to argue. I mean, the, the, I, I'm curious to see if Ben Intendi ends up at Yankee at the All Star break. Um, I think it could be a good fit. Um, but yeah, I, uh, it, it's anything can happen in the playoffs. It's the only reason why it's like, yeah, just give that World Series to the Yankees. We said the same thing about the Dodgers last year, especially after they acquired Scherzer. And any team can get hot, but that um, that potential Houston New York ALCS, which I think might be the biggest rivalry. In, in baseball right now uh, would be a lot of fun. Oh, man, it might be. Yeah, I, I really want to be Red Sox and Yankees, though. That, those are the days. Those yeah. those were the days. I don't think it matters anymore. I don't think anyone cares about it anymore. Yeah, it's because you want more brawls. And that was two episodes ago. So definitely go listen to um, Welcome to the Brace, Base Brawl Show. I All right, fast. So before we f- close off today, we have two things we always do. And this was the the stats I listed at the top of the show. I uh, 83 innings, uh, 381 ERA, 82.2, I should say, innings, 109 whip, etc. Who do you think this is fast? This is okay. I don't, I don't, uh, give me, give me, this is a, a tough give one. Me, give me, give me, a, give me, a, give me um, the division. Give me the division. Likely, uh, well, I'll, I'll say this likely on a playoff team in the American League. Very likely a playoff team in the American League. Go back to the graphic room. Yeah, yeah. Looking at a yeah. playoff team in the American League. Okay, so yeah. in the American League, looking at a playoff team. So it's probably in, in out, East. outside of my top thirty. Outside of your top thirty, but probably in the East. Did um, not say that, but that's you. Maybe you're right. I would say I'll guess and say Stripling. Not Ross Stripling. No, he is. Uh, he is in the AL West. Is in the AL West. Yeah. Um, okay. So then I'll say, well, Kirby was sent down. Logan Gilbert? Nope. This is Luis Garcia. Wow. Yeah, right? I don't know. Uh, 109 whip, 26% K rate, 381 ERA, 15% swing strike rate, 13th highest in the majors among starting pitchers. So that's Luis Garcia. Enjoy that one. I. Who? What are you hyped about this week? What? Come what on, is it? Baby. Fast. What Come is on, it? baby. I know what you are, but just We're say it to Two everybody. outs away. Two outs away. <laughs> You've been two outs away for like the whole no, no, we, were, we were three outs away before. There was the, the it was the top of the eighth. There was a long top of the eighth. We ended it with bases loaded. It's four to two. Jorge Lopez is in. He's about to throw a one-two pitch. There's one out to to, to Patrick Wisdom. Um he did. It's a ball. Uh, but we're, 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 I, I am, I am, it feels like my Christmas. I mean, I'm not going to lie. It feels like, oh my God, the last time the Orioles were 500 in July. Come on. And then he strikes him out. Let's friggin' go. So that's what I'm looking forward to. What are you looking forward to? Uh, one out left now. Is that right? One more to one go. One out left, baby. One could out. Okay. One uh, it could, it could happen if I stall long enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there are a lot of things that I could be hyped about. And guys, just so you know, we are not going to have an episode next week. It's going to be in two weeks, which means that the MLB draft will be behind us. And that means I'm looking forward to that draft and actually hearing about these names uh, that Kylie McDaniel mentioned at the top of the show. I mean, I think it's something that I've grown to enjoy more than I did in the past as the MLB draft. A lot of guys do shoot up pretty quickly into the majors. 
Uh, and this big quick turnaround. I remember the, the Angels getting Reed Detmers and all of a sudden, hey, there's Reed Detmers at the end of the following year. Uh, Jeter Downs, I remember when he got uh, drafted by the Red Sox, for example. So I, I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to seeing new faces and uh, understanding these new you know, players that will affect the league for years to come. So that is always a great time. But that's going to do it as Jorge Lopez has not gone the final out yet. Uh, thank you all so much. O2 count. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning for yet another episode of the Nick and Alex Baseball Show and watching it on twitch.tv slash pitcherless live every Tuesday night at 10 p.m. Eastern time. And of course, on Twitter as well. And he struck him out. What? Look at me stalling away. Thanks to all the iTunes uh, or so Apple podcast ratings and reviews. But that's it. So my name is Nick Pollock. I'm Alex Fast. We'll talk to you guys in two weeks. <laughs>